Today, we're going to talk about finding success in high school counseling small groups before you even start. So we're going to lay the foundation and we're going to get ready to put small groups on our calendar and to do it well. High School Counseling Conversations is a podcast where we talk about exactly that, a casual potpourri of school counseling topics intended to grow us as school counselors, but also give us space to enjoy each other's company. I'm Lauren from Counselor Click, and I'm sharing my experiences and perspectives as a high school counselor. No topic is off limits, and I'm certain we'll cover it all. I'm your high school counseling hype girl, here to help you energize your school counseling program and remind you of how much you love your job. Whether you're just getting your feet wet as an intern or you're nearing retirement, you'll feel like you're just popping in to catch up with your school counseling bestie. Let's go. February is as good a time as any to talk about small group counseling. So I wanted to talk about this near the beginning of the year or the beginning of the semester because I feel like you're casting vision and you can make time to have a small group in your schedule if you haven't done that in the past or you haven't made time for it yet. So think about your perception of small groups in the high school setting. Are you terrified of them? Are they actually your favorite part of high school counseling? Or are you somewhere in between? And then what has shaped that perception for you? Did you get to do groups when you were in your internship, when you had a supervisor over you? Is your school kind of against small groups? Do they say that it's not important or they don't make time for it? What is the teacher's perception of small groups in your school? Do they even know they exist? This could be your time to really shake things up with small groups at your school. Whether you're a small group guru or you'd like to be one, here are three tips that'll surely get you moving in the right direction. Let's talk about three tips to be successful before you're even off and running with your small groups. Tip number one for finding success in small groups before you even start leading the small groups. Find the right students to participate. So I always like to start with a needs assessment to make sure I'm moving in the right direction. And now we could do a whole episode on needs assessments, but here is just my basic framework and what I think about when I'm creating a needs assessment. So I think about what questions do I want answered in my school. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to find the needs and to meet the needs in my school. So I always like to start with a Google form, which is very easy to create, and it's very easy on the user end to have them fill out. So think about questions that you want to know the answers to. Where are there gaps in your school that you're noticing that you want to dig a little deeper on? And then I think that you should only ask questions that you can ethically provide services for. So don't ask if students would like to be a part of a grief small group if you have no intention of running a grief small group. I want you to ask questions for services that you can actually turn around and provide if those needs do pop up in your school. Make your needs assessment short. Make it short and sweet. Make it easy to answer. Give some Likert scale questions and also give some open-ended questions. I love seeing students' responses to open-ended questions on a needs assessment. You really will get a ton of information out of this that can shape the future of your school counseling program, at least for the semester with the students who you have in front of you. Something that I have found a lot of success in putting out a needs assessment with is giving some sort of incentive, even if it's something so small, like anyone who fills out this survey and has their name and email in it is going to be entered to win a $5 Starbucks gift card. So I know maybe you're thinking my school won't provide that. 
$5 to me is worth it to have a ton of people give feedback and to find out what the real needs in your school are. Of course, you could do this needs assessment and survey anonymously, but I do like asking for names in case you can follow up with students about some of the groups that you might have them participate in. If you notice a big need and you have student names or student emails, you can definitely reach out to those students and invite them to participate in your small groups. So you will have the right students to participate if you have the information in front of you because you've pulled the school or you've surveyed the school. Take your needs assessment and post it everywhere. I'm talking the announcements at the beginning and end of the school day. I'm talking your school website, like that front page where all the announcements probably are. Also on your school counseling website. So I know many people don't make it all the way to the school counseling website, but if you have all the information there and you're training people that this is where they should go to find the most up-to-date information on your school counseling program, then having it there is going to be one more place for them to find and access your survey. You can also put it on your school social media. I don't know if you have an Instagram page just for your school counseling program, but you probably have social media for your school. So whoever is in charge of that, maybe it's your principal, send the link and the announcement about the survey to them for them to post on Facebook or Instagram or even Twitter. And then lastly, send it out in an email. Do you have some sort of automated email system? You probably have a way that you're emailing students and communicating with them. If they're already on their phones or already on their Chromebooks or laptops, for them to open up a quick five-minute survey with an incentive of a $5 gift card somewhere, they're probably going to do it, and you're going to get such valuable information before you even start. Happy National School Counseling Week, my high school counselor friends. I want you to stop what you're doing and go get my free editable templates to your email inbox right now to help you advocate for your position and celebrate National School Counseling Week with your whole school. These are so easy to use and you don't have to use them just during this week. You can advocate for your position at any point during the year. Head to counselorclick.com forward slash challenge to get these email templates today. Tip number two for finding success in high school counseling small groups before you even begin those small groups is communicating with your stakeholders. So reach out to parents to announce that you have these small groups coming up. Now, I will tell you, I will never give parents a sign up for a small group. I will tell them about it, but I will say, send your students to sign up. I do not want high school parents signing their student up for an academic skills study group or something like that. You need student buy-in, and that's not going to happen if parents are signing their students up. So send your parents an email that says, hey, these are the groups that we're running, and we would love for your students to participate. Send them to see a counselor to get signed up. You could announce your small groups that are upcoming at a faculty meeting. You want teachers on board with what you're doing. We will talk more about having teachers on board with small groups and how we can do that more intentionally. But just for the sake of starting small groups, I want you to announce it to everyone what's going on in the school. And then talk to your admin one-on-one. They might have students who come to mind that they can refer for your small groups, and then you'll have the perfect students in the group because these admin have already worked with these students in some capacity and know them by name. They might have the perfect referral for you. 
I also love talking to the athletic director or other key people in the school, like coaches. Coaches know so much about their students because they're living so much life with them after school and before school, on the buses. They know a ton about students and their social, emotional well-being that they might have some really good referrals to you. And then when you go to the student and say, hey, your coach told me that this might be something you'd be interested in, all of a sudden you have this relational capital that has formed because of the relationship you have with the coach and you're all on the same page. The student is so much more likely to trust you from the beginning because they trust that coach already. All of a sudden we're all on the same team and the student is willing to listen to whatever you're going to put out there because they already have a trusting relationship with an adult in the school. And now they're realizing, hey, there's somebody else in the school who could also help me. Another thing that I wanted to mention about teachers having information about the small groups is that having teachers on your team, they're going to spread the word far and fast. They can talk to so many students every one of their class periods, and there will be a buzz going around school that this is starting. Students will not be able to say, I never heard of this small group. I didn't know counselors do small groups. Because if you are infiltrating their brains from every possible angle, whether it's in the classroom, on the announcements, on social media, the right kids are going to be in the group because of the way that you're communicating with your stakeholders. Another thing I want you to think about in terms of communicating with your stakeholders is communicating your pre and post data to show the value of your group. Small groups are perfect for compiling data, sharing data, and advocating for your role. So something that I always love doing was sharing stories at advisory council. So no names or anything, but you get to share the successes and the stories about things that have happened in your small group, which is so impactful for your stakeholders. It is so cool to see people who maybe didn't know much about school counseling or a high school counseling program or someone who didn't have a good taste in their mouth to begin with, they get to hear the change that happened as a result of your small group. And again, those can be in the form of stories, or it can be hard data and hard numbers. I always like on my pre and post test to have some open-ended questions so I can use quotes from students or summarize the overall feel of what students felt before or after the group. You could also share these same stories at faculty meetings and at meetings with your admin. I also love showing pictures, if it's pictures of hands or even some sort of picture of a student holding something up, of course, with their permission. I would never post that on social media or anything like that. But if I had the student's permission to share it with teachers or our advisory council, I would definitely ask their permission and then use that because that is so impactful to show other people what your role is all about and how students are different because of what you're doing. When you share data, whether it's stories or numbers or just things that are compelling about your high school counseling small groups and how students have grown and changed, you are creating momentum in your school. You're creating it in yourself as a high school counselor. You're creating it in your high school counseling program, inspiring maybe other counselors that you work alongside to host their own small groups. And you're creating momentum in your school. Students are different because of what you're doing. The school is changing as a whole because of the services that you're providing. Capitalize on that momentum and keep them going. When it's time to start actually doing the small groups, I want you to over-communicate with all of those stakeholders who were involved. You want them to have a really good experience so that they allow it to happen again. You know, I've seen administrators push back on small groups 
because they want to protect teachers' educational time, which is totally valid. I get that. But you want an admin to have a really good perception of your small groups so that they let you do it again. And then with teachers, over-communicate with them. Let them know who is in your small group, what the dates are. Give them a reminder. Ask them to send them down. Call their classroom. And then I love following up with these teachers. You don't have to go against some sort of confidentiality that you have with the student just to share something as simple as, Sarah is doing so well in our small group. I hope that you are seeing some positive changes for her in your classroom because she is participating and she seems to be getting a lot out of our small group. Thank you so much for allowing her to have the time out of your classroom because I know she's going to be better focused when she's there. And use that to consult with teachers, ask them questions, because you're going to get a lot of insight from those teachers as well. You want all of your stakeholders to have really good experiences with your small groups so that you have an opportunity to do it again, and they only get better each time. Also think about over-communicating your results. I know once you've wrapped it up, you might be tempted just to put it all back in a folder, put it on your shelf, and take a break and not think about it for a while. But when you can put those results together and package them, put them out there, you are going to be so proud of the work that you're doing. So something that I like to do is I have a small group counseling data sheet that I use before and after. It highlights things where you've seen positive growth in students, and it puts it all in one place. I love this because I can easily share this with teachers or admin, but I can also use it for myself. If I run a stress management small group in the fall and I run the same group in the spring but with different students, I love to compare the data to see what works and what didn't. Or if we spread this over two semesters, did it have any effects on it? Or if we did it with ninth graders versus 12th graders, were there any effects on it? So think way back to your science fair days back in middle school as you're creating a hypothesis and you're comparing and contrasting the data that you get after this. Now, you could be like a seventh grade scientist in this. I'm not asking you to use data in really fancy ways. I just want you to compile the data, summarize it in a way that makes sense, even for someone who is not a data person, me, and then push it out to everybody else. Be proud of the work that you're doing. Lastly, tip number three for finding success with your high school counseling small groups before you even start, have fun with it. I love to take the opportunity before starting groups to touch base with the students that I think would be interested in the group. So I personally invite them. I don't just send them an email. I don't just send a note to their classroom. I invite them down to my office and have a face-to-face conversation with them. Chances are they've never participated in a small group before. You know, there are so many small groups being run in elementary schools and even middle schools, but that might have been a long time since a student even participated in it, or maybe they've never been a part of something like this before. So it could feel weird if they just got an invitation to something they didn't know about. If you can have them in front of you and you can sell this opportunity, they will join. It's totally up to them, you know, to participate, to show up, to be an active member of a group especially in the high school setting. Depending on the time of day it is, they might not want to miss lunch with their friends or they might think it's weird to show up early to school for something that's not really related to school at all. So you have an opportunity to have them in front of you face-to-face. If you're not excited about it, they will not be. (laughs) If you just say, hey, we're doing this thing, do you wanna do it? They're not gonna be excited. If you say something like, hey, I saw that you filled out that survey for us, thank you so much. And you made a mention on here that you were really stressed out. We are about to put together a group of other high school students 
who are all stressed out like you are. We're going to talk about tips. We're going to do some activities. We're going to get to talk about what works and what doesn't work. And I think after our time together, my hope would be that you are able to manage your stress better than when we started. So does that sound like something you'd be interested in? And then you can give them more details like the day of the week that you're meeting, how often you're going to meet, how you're going to remind them of when we're meeting, and what's in it for them. You have to explain the benefits to the student. If they can't see any benefits to them, they're not going to want to join. Remember, they might have zero experience being in a small group setting, so you have to explain every piece of it to them. You really have the ability right there to win them over with just your excitement and your passion. If you're excited about the small groups, they're going to be excited about it. I don't think I've ever had one of those face-to-face conversations where a student did not want to participate in whatever small group we were doing. Don't give up on groups just because you feel like no one wants to do it or you didn't get any response to a one email that you sent out or one survey that you sent out. Keep trying to get the right kids in the group. You might need to go back to that needs assessment because maybe you're not offering the right types of groups for the needs that are in your school. Small groups can bring life back into your high school counseling program. If you got into this job in the first place, it's probably because you loved working with students. Small groups can really remind you of how much you love your job, which will bring energy back into you. It will bring a higher job satisfaction to you every day that you're going to your job. So let's bring some life back into our school counseling program and into ourselves as professionals. The three tips that I want you to think about as you're trying to find success with high school counseling small groups before you even start. Let's recap. Tip number one, find the right students to participate. Tip number two, communicate with all of your stakeholders. And number three, have fun with it. If you are bringing energy in life, your students are going to feel that and they're going to want to be a part of it. I know you're going to find success if you use these three tips and you're going to set yourself up to do really great things. If you're interested in checking out any of the small groups that I have in my TPT store, go to counselorclick.com forward slash groups. You can preview, you can see exactly what's inside all of them, and then you can shop small groups. If you're loving the podcast, be sure to share it with a friend. It would mean the world to me, and it goes so far. So share about high school counseling conversations in your Instagram stories. Mention it in a Facebook group. Shout it out in an Instagram post. If you're listening, I want to know about it. Your word of mouth reference goes so far. Thanks for listening to today's episode of High School Counseling Conversations. All of the links I talked about today can be found in the show notes and also at counselorclick.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so that you never miss a new episode. Connect with me over on Instagram. Send me a DM at counselorclick. That's C-L-I-Q-U-E. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. I'll see you next time.